Welcome to episode 204 of the first 40 miles. If you're new to backpacking or if you're hopelessly in love with someone who wants you to love backpacking, then this podcast is for you. We'll talk about the essentials, how to lighten your load, and how to make the most of your time on the trail. I'm your host, Heather Legler. And I'm Josh Legler. And this is The First 40 Miles. Today on The First 40 Miles, Maybe you've posted a few pics of your backpacking trip on social media, and now everyone is asking you, so how was your trip? What's the best way to respond? Then we have a listener story from Mason, who let his adventures lead to creating a business that helps others experience adventure. Then we'll share a hack that may just awaken you to a possible feature on your oven or toaster oven. All this and that's about it. Today on the first 40 miles. Well, we recently moved to an old house that we're fixing up. So we've been uh, displaced from our usual recording studio in the walk-in closet of our previous house. Last week, we recorded from the hazelnut orchard, which was okay, but it's that time of year when the hazelnuts are dropping. So it was beautiful, but it was... A little risky, perhaps. (laughs) Dangerous. (laughs) (laughs) And this time we decided to try recording from our old minivan. And this van has uh, seen a lot of trips. It has. It's taken us on a lot of backpacking trips. So it is kind of nostalgic to be recording in this van. And it's actually not the first time that we've used the van to record the first 40 miles when I was doing test episodes, like beta, nobody heard them type episodes. I just got in the van and I hit record and started talking. Of course, it wasn't that great because you weren't with me and I was just talking to myself. So I'm really glad that you are doing the first 40 miles with me. Well, thanks. I'm glad to be with you in the van today. (laughs) Well, we got back from a pretty significant trip at the end of the summer. We did one week on the Pacific Crest Trail with our friend Steve. He was hiking from the bottom to the top of Oregon along the Pacific Crest Trail to celebrate his 70th birthday. It was 460 miles. I think he said he actually hiked 430. It's a little bit of a slacker. That's okay. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. (laughs) No, he is one tough dude. But, um, you know, we got back from the trip and because so many of our friends knew about Steve going on this trip and us going on this trip and several other people that were joining Steve on different weeks of the trip, we got a lot of questions. People just coming up to us saying, hey, how was your hike? How was the trip? Tell me about it. And I kind of didn't know how to respond. I mean, I am kind of awkward, but I didn't know what people wanted to hear, or I didn't know how long they wanted me to talk, because after all, it was a week-long trip, and there was a lot to say. And also, I kind of think of myself as being the most uninteresting girl at the party, so I don't want to bore someone by talking for 20 minutes about something and have them go, oh boy. I had to ask Heather how her trip was, and now I'm still standing here, and you know. So, yeah, I just kind of usually keep my responses short, like, oh, it was a great trip, and that's it. (laughs) Yeah, well, me too, sometimes. I I guess sometimes I respond in the same way that I would to the question, how are you doing today? Where you say, fine, thanks. And sometimes that's my response, you know, how was the trip? Oh, it was great. And then that, like, that's all I say. 
Which is funny because that's not an accurate description of the trip. I mean, <laughs> yes, it was great, but it kind of leaves out the highs and lows and the details. And that's how I respond sometimes. And yeah, I wish I, I guess I wish I had a better response. Yeah. And it's funny because I think the people who are asking us how the trip was, they really do want to know some details about the trip. They're not just asking, hey, how are you doing? You know, they really want to know some stuff. And either they're friends with us or they're friends with Steve or other people on the trip. So they actually care. That's something I need to remember that when someone asks uh, a specific question like that, how was the hike? They really do want to know an answer. They want to know a specific about the hike. And so my question is, what do you share from your hike that would be kind of power-packed, that that it would paint a picture for them, it would give them something really memorable about your hike without being a complete travelogue of, on day one, we started here, did this right. many miles, <laughs> went to this lake, da-da-da-da-da. It kind of reminds me of... um like when our our youth groups go out on on campouts and sometimes at church on Sunday someone will ask one of the boys to report on the trip it's always kind of funny to me cuz they'll be like well we met at so and so's house at <laughs> such and such time and then we drove to the campsite and then we da 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 da, da and it's like okay but give me a highlight like what happened yeah, on the trip <laughs> right what made this trip memorable well, I've been thinking about some responses to people when they say, so how was your hike? And we have come up with a top five list today that I think will help with answering this question. And I know for some of you, this isn't even an issue. Like, you don't overcomplicate life. I'm glad that there are people like you in the world. But this episode is for people like me who overcomplicate conversations and who need something to help them along in life. And of course, as you're responding to your friends who are asking you how your hike was, the length of your response is going to have to depend on the person that you're talking to. You know, if you're talking to close family who know so many details about your life, they're going to want to know more details about the trip. Whereas a coworker who's just passing by your desk in the morning and says, hey, how was your trip? They'll probably give a little shorter response and then get back to work. So here are some universal responses that you can give people just to give them a little taste of your backpacking trip. The number one response to, so how was your hike, is... It was great. Do you mind if I show you a few pics from the trip? Pictures are great because they're quick and pictures worth a thousand words. And so you can give like a quick one line description for each picture, point out some fun details, and then get on with the non-scrolling part of your life. I think the key here is to only show them two or three pictures, unless this is a close friend who wants to see everything from your hike. But for most people, this gives them a chance to say, yeah, I'd love to see some pics or to say, oh, I'd love to, but I'm in a hurry right now, which is a way of saying, no, I, I wasn't really interested in your trip. <laughs> I was just acknowledging that you went on a trip. So it gives them that chance to respond. And if they do say, yes, I'd love to see some pics, then just show two or three pictures that are really unique, I guess, from your trip. And you can tell if the person wants more, if they're like, well, show me some more pictures. 
you know, then go with it. But it, it gives them an out <laughs> um, where they, they see a little bit about your trip and then they can be on their way if they need to. The number two response to, so how was your hike, is what part do you want to hear about? The terrain, the food, Kelly's blister collection. Everyone's interest is going to be piqued by something different. So if you ask the question, what part do you want to hear about? And then kind of give them some brief highlights and they can kind of steer the conversation if you give them some directions to steer it into. I like that idea. When someone asks me how the trip was, I think part of why it's hard to respond is because I don't know what they're interested in about a backpacking trip. Are they interested in all those miles that we put on? That's just amazing to them and they can't imagine. Are they interested in what it was like to camp out along the trail? Are they interested in the social interactions that we had along the way and people we met? Yeah, maybe they're foodies and they want to know what we ate or I never know. So that's a good way to go to say, hey, do you want to hear about this, 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 or this? And and it gives you a good sense of which aspect of a backpacking trip they really want to hear about. Yeah, I think the interesting thing when I asked people what they wanted to hear about, a lot of people said, how did Steve do? And I thought that was really cool because he's a common friend between us and our other friends. And so they all wanted to know, how's he doing out there on the trail? And it was really great to be able to give a positive report back and say, wow, he's hiking so strong. He's getting into camp before we are. He's just amazing. So that was really cool. So definitely asking people what they want to hear about will help to guide the conversation and give them something that they want to know about. The number three response to, so how was your hike, is... Have you ever been hiking there or near there before? Now, this is kind of a testing the waters question. You're trying to find out if they've been in that area or if they've hiked anywhere, if they're kind of familiar with the terrain or the challenges or if they've been on a trail. If they say yes, that they've been hiking there before or near there, then you can find that common ground and take them there mentally back to that same trail. And you can kind of sync up on landmarks and say, on day three, we were camped right by Mount Washington. And they can share their story about, oh, yeah, we did a hike on Mount Washington last summer. And so that's really fun. If they haven't been hiking there or near there before, that's your opportunity to share just quick geography of the area. Say, you know, it's right next to Mount Washington and then give a quick anatomy of the trip so they can kind of get a general idea of what your hike was like. The number four response to, so how was your hike, is you would have loved the fill in the blank. So fill in that blank with something universally beloved, like fresh alpine streams or tall mountains or sunshine or anything else that you've heard referenced in a John Denver song. So when they say, so how was your hike, you can say, you would have loved the sunsets. The forest fires that were about 200 miles away just created these brilliant on-fire orange sunsets. That's something nobody can disagree with. Everyone loves a good sunset. The number five response to, so how was your hike, is to give them one solid story. Just jump right in with a story. I think this is my favorite idea because you don't know how much time you have to talk with them and you probably can't 
relate every detail of everything that happened on your hike. And yet you want them to get a flavor for what it was like to be out there. And so I think that's great to just jump into one story like, oh, it was a great hike. One day on the hike, we met these two ladies who were hiking together, one from Seattle, one from Australia. They had started out as through hikers. Both of them had kind of gotten to a point where they realized they probably weren't going to finish the through hike. And so they switched gears and they said, you know what, the two of us, let's just hike together and let's just enjoy this. And uh, so we got to hike with them for a little ways along the trail and just chat with them about their experiences hiking the Pacific Crest Trail. Uh, we met a lot of people like that on the trail. It was so fun. Or we could tell the story about our boys who each carried packs that were about 30 pounds each. Around day five or so, they said that they had a surprise for us when we got home, and we didn't really think anything of it until we got home, and each of them pulled a big rock out of their pack that they had carried the last few days of the hike because they wanted to have a rock from the hike. And normally you shouldn't pick up rocks on the trail. You shouldn't pick up anything on the trail technically. It should stay there. But uh, our boys now have a large rock sitting on their bookshelf commemorating all the rocks that they stepped over along the way. And it probably cost them about five pounds of weight each. Did not pick up tiny rocks. <laughs> Funny boys. Anyway, no matter how you respond to the question, so how was your hike? People honestly do want to hear some fun details about it. So don't be afraid to share some of those stories or those interesting things that happened to you on the trail. This trip that you have just come back from is something that people really do want to hear about. Maybe in small doses. But sharing a little bit of your backpacking story may just be the thing that inspires someone else to get into backpacking. You know what this topic makes me think? This is a podcast for introverts by introverts. <laughs> it's okay to talk about your hike that was really cool that people want to hear about. I know. They really do want to hear about it. <laughs> That's so true. You are interesting to other people. <laughs> Oh, oh, that's funny. But we have to tell ourselves these things. <laughs> otherwise, uh, otherwise, it's a missed opportunity. People will ask about how our hike was and we'll say, it was great. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we do have a listener story today. Mason is a natural born adventurer. So he's one of those guys that has story upon story of adventures just, just sitting in his back pocket ready to pull out at any time. Um, and I think it was really interesting that the story that he shares not only teaches a valuable lesson about gear, but also his life experiences have led him down an interesting career path and helped him to start a company that helps other people to get outside. So today's story is from Mason from Camp Crate. Gear has always been something I didn't give too much thought to, partly because I've seen so many people not do incredible adventures or not take some sort of risk because they didn't have the right gear, partly because they were made to feel they couldn't do it without certain gear. And yes, having the right gear is very important, but uh, not always necessary, especially for creating an incredible story or a great adventure 
a lot of times those happen because of lack of preparedness, <laughs> but so do tragic accidents. So you, it's a balance for sure. But the great example is when I was 20 years old, my best friend and I got on some bicycles that we were given and we flew one way to Fairbanks, Alaska, and we rode those bicycles all the way back to Florida, which was our home. And we were both in college. It was crazy. We knew nothing. And we were essentially backpackers, but on bicycles. It was called bikepacking. And it was the adventure of a lifetime. Everything I had on the trip, as well as my best friend, Paul, everything we had was from yard sales, old camping equipment my dad had. It was 30 years old. We were wearing sweatpants and in like uh, windbreaker jackets in the middle of Alaska in May. It was awful. We froze to death, not to death, but we froze. And looking back, it was just absolutely incredible. And then that next winter, I went on a, my first backpacking trip after that incredible trek from Alaska with so many turns and so many adventures, side adventures. Every day I could talk about it forever. But I did my first backpacking trip that winter on the Appalachian Trail. It was a week on the trail and I had a 30-year-old backpack from my father who had it from a yard sale that was for like 10 bucks. And it was kind of miserable, but also just incredible, just absolutely beautiful. And so I began to realize like certain gear is really important to have. So I started looking into really good gear that was also affordable and uh, sticking with it and looking for deals at yard sales, like I said, Craigslist, and became so enthralled with the idea of adventure and doing adventure cheaply that uh, my friend and I decided to start a company um, last year called Camp Crate, where we, we send people who are somewhat apprehensive or uh, hesitant, we send them on their mostly their very first backpacking trip. And we outfit them with really good gear, top-notch gear, but without all the fancy bells and whistles, without all the marketing, you know, BS technology that they put into it in the last year that's supposed to revolutionize the way you hike or the way you sleep. And it's like, no, this stuff is going to work. It's all that you need. Don't, I don't want gear to be the reason that you're not out there. So this is exactly what you need. And you're going to have an incredible time. Focus on the landscape. Focus on the accomplishment, focus on the trail, focus on being, you know, resting your soul, resting your mind away from the civilized life that you live on a daily basis. Come out here and be renewed. And so uh, I've always had that relationship with gear and don't let gear stop you, but have what you need and uh, not a whole lot else because companies today are going to try to sell you. A lot of fluff that really isn't necessary for you to go out and walk on a bunch of mountains and trek through a bunch of forests. Go out there and have a great time. For today's backpack hack of the week, convection oven dehydrated food. Lots of people think they need a dedicated dehydrator to make homemade beef jerky or dried apple slices. However, you might have everything you need to dehydrate backpacking food right in your kitchen. There's a feature that is becoming more popular in full-sized ovens and countertop toaster ovens, and it's called convection. 
Now, convection ovens have been around for a long time. Restaurants and bakeries use them. Convection means that instead of the heat radiating around the food, instead the process of cooking is sped up and intensified with fans and heat. So, with convection cooking, that means that your baked goods will come out crispier, and things cook faster, and you can actually cook at a lower temperature because the heat is circulating around things faster. But it also means that you can dehydrate food even if you don't have a dehydrator, and it's going to dehydrate it faster because you have that moving, circulating air and heat at the same time. So, check your oven or check your countertop toaster oven. Because you may have the convection feature on your oven, and we'll leave you today with a little trail wisdom from Nelson Mandela, the former president of South Africa. He said, "After climbing a great hill, one only finds that there are many more hills to climb." I gotta say something about that quote. I think that quote can either be. Depressing or exciting? It's a choice. It depends on how you approach or what you think of climbing a hill. If the hill is in the way of the eventual reward or whatever that you want, then the fact that there are more hills to climb sounds pretty depressing. But you can choose to have a totally different attitude about it. That climbing the hill, you grow to love the process of climbing the hill. And if that's your attitude, then when you get to the top of the hill and you see the, that there are many more to climb, it's thrilling. Yeah. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. If you're looking for fun backpacking books and merch, check out thefirst40miles.com/shop. We'll see you next time on the first forty miles. Did I say it right? <laughs> South Africa. <laughs> Sounds good. Oh, it's terrible. I do a terrible South African accent. <laughs> South Africa. I think it's part Australian, part British. Sounds about right. It's a really cool accent. <laughs>